Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are and where we meet, please visit ChristchurchManchester.com. As human beings, we are profoundly impacted by anticipation. Around this time of year, there's, there's naturally a lot of anticipation around Christmas. People are planning Christmas dinners and people are working their way through Advent calendars one day at a time as they, as they work towards Christmas. Um, but it's not just with Christmas that we see this, this kind of anticipation in our behaviour. You know, kids look forward to opening their birthday presents. Adults look forward to the weekend. They... Uh, you know, use the weekend as this way to motivate themselves uh, past those, uh, those Monday blues that come. Uh, we look forward to holidays we've got planned uh, months away to remind us that, that the sun does still exist. It is out there somewhere. Anticipation and waiting are, are big parts of our lives. They're, they're meaningful parts of our lives. And waiting and anticipation in and of themselves they can sometimes impact us and impact our behaviour just as much as, as the thing we're actually waiting for. A lot of the time, sadly, the, the things that we're waiting for, they don't actually satisfy us as much as we're expecting them to, as much as we're hoping they will do. We often put our hope in the wrong things. Sometimes the thing we're waiting for just doesn't match the hype. And we do this, we put our hope in the wrong places because we don't truly recognise what our deepest needs are, what our priorities should be. One of our deepest needs is is for God to make us whole, to renew us, for God to restore things to how they're always meant to be. Making us whole is something that God cares about. Isaiah 53 verse 5. It's a prophecy about Jesus and it tells us that the punishment that Jesus faced on the cross on our behalf has made us whole. So this wholeness that we'll one day experience if we trust in Jesus, that we need to experience, it was achieved through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So that's what we should be anticipating, hoping to us. But some of the things that we do spend much of our lives waiting for are just distractions that ultimately don't fulfil us. Deep down, lots of us have a sense that there's something lacking in our lives, have a sense that we do need to be made whole in some way. And so many people are left chasing things that, that they think will make their life feel more full or satisfying whether that's a certain relationship or a promotion or money or status. There's just many ways that we try and make ourselves whole when we don't go to Jesus as the one who can truly make us whole. So today is the third Sunday of Advent. In our culture, to to many of us, Advent does just make us think Advent calendar. It makes us think chocolate. But besides that, to a lot of us, Advent... It's just really about anticipating Christmas, anticipating the Christmas period. So it's weeks leading up to Christmas Day. But historically, Advent has meant much more than that. Because Advent means arrival. And historically, Advent has been about both remembering when Jesus first arrived into this world, 
when he became a human being, when he became a vulnerable baby. And it's also been about anticipating the day that Jesus will ultimately return to this world to make all things new and to make all things right. That anticipation of, of Jesus making all things new is an anticipation that will not disappoint us in the way that so many other things do. When Jesus returns, those who have trusted in him will be made whole. And the reality is there's so much brokenness in the world, there's so much pain in the world. The Christmas story might just feel so irrelevant to some people. You know, when you're dealing with severe illnesses, grief, financial pressures, relationship breakdowns, addictions, any other number of things that you might think of, Christmas and the nativity can just seem like some children's story, some fantasy that has nothing to say for real, everyday life. But the thing is, the story of Christmas is not a nice children's story. It's a shocking story. It's a story of revolution, of radical change. God himself became a human being. He was born into this world, this messed up world. And he was not born into luxury. He was not born into a palace. He was not born into any of the conditions that you might say are fit for a king. You know, he was born into what we might call a working class family. As a young child, he had to flee his home as a refugee due to the actions of a paranoid ruler named Herod. Jesus was not born into peace, serenity and luxury, but into chaos, into a world of fear, pain and sin. And Jesus actually chose this. He chose to be born into this. He saw the brokenness of the world. He saw the situation that you are in right now and chose to step into it and say, I am with you. Emmanuel is a name for Jesus that we focus on around this time of year. It means God with us. Jesus' coming when he was born into the world is a fulfilment of a prophecy in Isaiah. In chapter 7, verse 14, where it said, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. The fact that God chooses to dwell with us is mind-blowing. You can get used to the Christmas story and it, become, it becomes a bit over-familiar, but God himself, the creator of all things, chose to become one of us. He's so high above us, he's all-powerful, but he steps down and becomes one of us. We're used to important, powerful people distancing themselves, keeping themselves removed from the common people. But Jesus shows us a better way to use power, influence, and position. God himself became one of us, walked alongside us, shared in our humanity, shared in our experience, shared in our pain. And he lived through the messy and mundane parts of being human as well. You know, we might think about Jesus coming to earth and think he could have skipped being a baby, skipped being a toddler, skipped being a teenager, and surely just gone on to the direct ministry stuff, you know, the, the miracle working, the preaching, and ultimately his sacrificial death. But Jesus chose to go through all the stages of human life, the, the mundane, the ordinary. And he shared in that with us. So the Christmas story is not irrelevant to your situation. Whatever that situation is, however hard it is, 
The truth within this story is what you need in your situation. Because the world is full of brokenness and we need God to make us whole. We're waiting for God to make us whole. That's our hope. And there's some verses at the end of the Bible that give us a beautiful picture of what it will look like when Jesus will return to make all things new. Because that's what Advent is also about. It's looking forward to that future hope we have. So Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 to 5 should come up on the screen. It describes a vision John had of the new restored creation that Jesus will one day bring. John writes this. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So as people who trust in Jesus, this is the hope we're ultimately waiting for. The next advent, the next arrival of Jesus, when God will make all things new. When he'll make us whole. And we wait for this. But we don't wait in a passive way. The way that we wait is shaped by what we're waiting for. Tim Keller said, what we believe about our future completely controls how we are experiencing our present. We are irreducibly hope-based creatures. So what we think the future is going to look like impacts the way that we experience the present. My dad's a builder, and earlier this year I was working for him. And there was a job we were on that had some pretty grueling stages to it. We had to dig up half this garden by hand at one point to sort out the drains connected to the house. It was messy, and there were just a lot of issues that came up through the job. And it was, it was pretty discouraging at times. But there was one day in particular that, that me and my dad, we made a very big decision. We decided that at the end of the day's work, we were going to go to Southern Fried Chicken for tea. And, and this was a game changer. You know, it just brought so much excitement to me. I, um, I, was, I was weighing it all up. You know, I could, I could get a chicken burger, could even add a hash brown, add a slice of cheese, who knows. And I was caught up in this anticipation of what the future would bring. I really was. And... <laughs> This awareness of what was coming, it sustained me through the rest of the day's work. It transformed the experience. It didn't actually change anything about the practicalities of the the physical work we were involved in, what we were doing in the present moment. It didn't alter the situation on the surface. But knowing what was coming in the future gave me the motivation to keep going with the work in the present moment. And it actually caused me to work with a bit more energy and determination. That is obviously a very trivial example, but the principle stands that knowing what's coming in the future impacts the way that we experience the present. It allows us to wait with hope 
and anticipation. So as people trust in, in Jesus, we need to be aware of what is ultimately ahead for us, what's ultimately coming. And those verses from Revelation 21 give us a glimpse of, of what's ahead for us. So what do these verses actually mean for us? And how can they impact the way that we wait for God in this confusing in-between period? As I read these verses, there are there three ways that God is going to bring wholeness and restoration that, that really stood out to me. And they are the three points that I want to focus on today. I believe these verses show that God will make us spiritually whole, God will make us emotionally whole, and God will make creation whole. So firstly, God will make us spiritually whole. Verse 3 of this passage tells us that when Jesus returns, we will be God's people and he will be our God, as we read. We'll be made spiritually whole because we're in the relationship we've always been intended to be in. We'll experience the joy that comes from worshipping the true God, the satisfier of our souls, and worshipping him only. And we'll also know that, that fierce protection from our God, from our Father, because we will be his people. We belong to him, and he'll hold us. Our hearts will find rest because we're made to delight in who Jesus is. That's our purpose, and that is what we'll be doing. We'll be living out our purpose. We'll worship Jesus. We'll see his beauty and be captivated by it. We won't be pulled away and distracted by false gods and idols. We'll worship what we were always meant to worship. We'll be made spiritually whole. And we often lack joy and spiritual satisfaction because we go after things that aren't going to satisfy us. And we lack that presence of God. And the thing is, that, that leaves us wanting. It leaves us searching in the wrong directions. And the first Christmas, when Jesus was born, around 2,000 years ago, that was the beginning of God's presence in the world being restored to us. And it's, it's that presence that brings joy. And when Jesus returns, we'll be with him, and we'll be able to enjoy God's presence uninterrupted. This is the way God always wanted it to be. His presence with us here on earth. We'll be his people. He'll hold us and keep us safe. And we'll be satisfied. And we can look forward to that satisfaction that we'll ultimately have in God's presence. And as we look forward to that, we can be transformed by the confident hope that we have. When we know that ultimately we are going to be satisfied, we know that however dissatisfied we feel now, that dissatisfaction isn't the end of the story. We can look forward to perfectly being in God's presence, the way God's always designed it to be. And that can stop us giving in to despair. So we wait for this, and we wait confidently for this. But we need to allow our belief about the future to take deep root in us so that we see it truly is possible to be satisfied, but that it's not just possible for us, it's possible for others to meet with God and become satisfied in him. Because there's some people that are incredibly distant from God. 
But if God can draw us, then he can draw anyone. And there are so many people who are far from God who need to be drawn in. Or else they won't know this satisfaction. They'll be cut off from it. We need to have a longing for all to find that satisfaction in God. We can't let it stop with us. We need to persistently pray for others to to come to know Christ. We need to love people deeply and show them who Jesus is in our actions. We need to share the good news with people that Jesus died for them so that their sins could be forgiven. So as we wait for God to make us whole, let's aim to bring a load of other people into that hope with us, those who currently don't know Christ, to join us in that anticipation of that renewal that God's going to bring so that they can anticipate it for themselves as well. Secondly, God will make us emotionally whole. Verse 4 tells us that that God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. God will deal with our emotions. God doesn't just dismiss our emotions and our pain and say, pull yourself together. He deals with our emotions. He deals with our pain. He'll deal with our tears. And this life is full of tears. But we can have a confident hope that God will one day deal with them directly. They won't be with us and mark our experience forever. The world has left a lot of scars on all of us. Christmas isn't a time of joy for a lot of people. It's a time of isolation, bad memories and pain. But for those that have trusted in Jesus, God will deal with that pain. He'll heal us, whatever it is. God will heal us from the damage that the world has done to us. Jesus is the healer, and true healing only comes from Christ. And there are so many people that don't know Christ. If we trust in Jesus, then again, we need to take hold of that hope that we have and long for others to join in that hope. And it's a hope that transforms our whole existence. It's one that transforms our spiritual life and our souls, but also our emotions. It meets us where we're at and deals with the pain of life. And God's the only one who can meet those needs that we have. Back when I lived in Liverpool for uni, I'd, I'd come across this, this charity called, called Just Love. Come on, some shout-outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, which does a lot of work around, around social justice. And, and one of the leaders of this charity had asked me if I would start to run some regular outreach to the homeless in, in Liverpool as part of the work that Just Love were doing. And I was, I was taking some time to, to weigh up my decision, you know, thinking it through, do I, do I have enough time to do it, uh, praying it over. And there's one evening that I was still thinking it through, and I was just walking through the city centre, observing you know, how many people were just out on the streets, lying there in the cold. But I also just had this sense of how much pain there is in the world in general, not just to do with homelessness, but the, the pain that comes to many in so many different ways. So I had all this mind on my mind. I was feeling what I was feeling. And, and I got on the bus, and I sat down. And then on the back of the seat in front of me, actually physically written there, were the words, Isaac, what will become of the brokenhearted? So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do the outreach, God. So I think it would have been 
a little bit ignorant not to, to do so. But those words have always, always stood out to me. I've, I've remembered them, both about that situation, but as an expression of, of God's compassionate heart. Reminding me that God longs to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal people from their pain. And I think that compassion from God is at the heart of the Christmas story, really. God himself becoming a human being, living life on this earth alongside brokenhearted people. And the healing God longs to bring will come most fully when Jesus returns. So let's point the brokenhearted towards the truth that Christ will one day wipe away every tear. Let's remind ourselves of that so that we can faithfully, patiently wait to be made whole by God. And thirdly, God will make creation whole. Verse 5 tells us that, that the one seated on the throne is making everything new. There's nothing that God's unconcerned with. His presence will restore all things. And there's so much that needs making new. This world that's ravaged by climate change, the relationships that are broken, our bodies that are broken and need healing, the dynamics between groups that are at war with each other. But God will make all things new. In the new creation, there'll be people of every nation and they'll be at peace with one another. Things will be restored to God's original design. We might at times look at the brokenness of the world and just think it's a lost cause to, to try and do anything about it. And in our own strength, yeah, it is a lost cause. But we're waiting for God to restore all of creation, and we're waiting confidently. And that means that it's not a dream that we've conjured up to help us sleep at night, that things will be better. It's, it's a certain reality that is coming one day. And because we know that, because we're pursuing that restoration, we can partner with God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can know that trying to bring hope trying to bring new life isn't a lost cause. Of course, we're still waiting for Jesus to return and make all things new. And until he does, we won't see full restoration in this world. But from our place of hope, we can partner with God and usher in some of that restoration, some of his kingdom into this world, as broken as it may seem. Restoration is God's work that he'll ultimately bring when Jesus returns. And Jesus being born into this world was the start of that. And it's, it's a confident hope, and that allows us to participate in the restoration that God is actually breaking into this world right now. And it's not going to come in full, but that doesn't mean we just sit back. It means our whole perspective on whatever situation we're looking at is transformed by the fact that God will one day make all things new. So we wait for God to make creation whole. And it's not a passive waiting, it's an active waiting accompanied by faith-fueled action. So we pray, your kingdom come. And we take steps to bring God's kingdom further into this world. We need the future to break into the present. And the faith-filled, expectant waiting of God's people can be the bridge that allows glimpses of God's restoration to break in and transform this broken reality that we're currently in. 
So let's allow this Christmas period to be marked by hope and anticipation. But not a vague hope, but a hope that is grounded in this promised restoration that God will bring for his people when it's that second advent of Jesus. Let's put our hope in the way that God will make us whole one day. And let's allow that hope of eternal joy, relief and satisfaction to transform our experience at the present moment. And let's also ask the question, even as we go into Christmas and we go into the holidays and relaxing, let's ask the question, what will become of the brokenhearted? The people that don't have anyone with them at Christmas, the people that don't have any joy around Christmas. Let's share our hope, let's share our joy, let's share God's love in our actions. Thanks for listening. Christchurch Manchester is one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media. And you're welcome to check out the music links featured in this episode from our very own musicians. You can also discover current events and information about where we meet on Sundays and various groups or community projects that you can join in with. If you're interested in knowing more about us or wish to join us for one of our meetings, please reach out. Simply drop us an email at hello at ccm.org.uk. We look forward to connecting with you.